This episode is brought to you by Bondi Sands Everyday Skincare. These are the yays of our lives. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Lovely neighborhood. This is part two of the Yays of Our Lives episode this week. And and I didn't realize we'd end up chewing your ears off for over an hour and a half. So I split it into two. If you haven't caught up yet, go back to a couple of days ago and listen to the first half. Then this is partway through the Q&A section with the questions that you guys all submitted. So I hope you enjoyed the first half and here is the second. Enjoy. Next question. There are some questions for me, so I don't really. Oh my god, they're Polly's not, they're not up, very. No, um, Bim, you've got to give the neighborhood what it wants. <laughs> also, you guys know I do not ride bikes. I'm not a bike person, and half the questions were about what brakes should I get on my bicycle. <laughs> legit, you are as much the yay legit, Bim as me. H dot Chow Latte. A bit random, but best budget bike locks for just riding to the station and leaving in cage there. Very practical. It focused. is practical. I have to say, my only recommendation for bike locks is that you do please do not get a cable lock, whatever you do. Because they can just cut them. Yeah. You're paying for it to be stolen, essentially. So I know you want a budget <laughs> bike lock also, but it's like when people I don't have another analogy, but you could get one that sounds expensive, but it's cheaper than getting a new bike. It's like That's a, true. A lock that costs eighty to ninety dollars. Yeah, I would recommend a D lock. Kryptonite's a good brand, or Abus is a great brand. Hashtag ad. Hashtag, hashtag. Kong. But those the ones <laughs> that kidding. like the ones that are D shaped. That um the ones oh, that are a foldable D locks are also really good. I use that one. I don't know what it's particularly called, but I can put it up on the CCA story or something. <laughs> I really don't know what it's called, but it's fold. It folds up and it sits on it your bike. It looks in the shape of a D, and you can fold it up. Yeah. Even I know what they yeah. look like. No, but anyway, it's I not know necessarily mean, a D-lock. Yeah. But, yes, anything that's not a cable lock, a D-lock, you can get decent ones from Rebel Sport for a good price or you can get Kryptonite, which is pretty heavy duty, and Avis is really great quality as well. So I don't know if that's helpful. But Segway to bicycles. We also need, and we can't explain why yet, if you have done us the great privilege of staying listening, you deserve to hear the news that we have something very, very exciting mm. for bike enthusiast people. And we can't tell you why, but if you are listening to this and you know of someone and had her beautiful charity bike stolen, as you might have seen, we have not had it back yet, but there was an extraordinary act of kindness that followed that that has sparked something very exciting for us. So if you know of anyone who has lost their bike, loves bikes, loves bikes, lost their means of transport or for whatever sentimental reason has something related to bikes and riding or mental health or something related to bikes and riding, please let us know and then we will reveal more. But it is very exciting. Like yes. maybe one of the biggest things we've done. Yes. So tell us. 
who and why. Yep. Who they are and what it is they love about bikes. Yeah. And why they may need one. And the relationship and love and giving and, and giving receiving and receiving and giving and giving and receiving. It's a French reference. We're not that weird. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are. Okay, next question. What is your favourite pasta shape and why? Oh, this is from Lauren G. Mitchell. That is an amazing question. I, I love all pasta. I already know mine. But mine, my all-time favourite, and this is from our business partner at Matcha Milk Bar, Mark Filippelli, who I adore, he once cooked me pakeri, which is like big tubes, like massive tubes. Like I can't even explain. Just Google pakeri, P-A-C-C-H-E-R-I. It is bellissimo. It's my favourite. Parlo italiano. <laughs> um, mine is obviously Pabadel. <laughs> Your the butterfly one? Papadil. No, the huge ass fettuccine looking that one. Wait. Bigger than fettuccine. Papadelis. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So it's like the Pacari, but the long version. It's like we both like the giant versions of other pastas. Yeah, it's like a like a big flat ribbon. Yeah, big flat. Flatter than a fettuccine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Pacari is like that, but in a tube. How about you you Americans always butcher the French language? <laughs> Another friend's quote. Does anyone speak Italian here? Paul? Posso parlare italiano? Perché? <laughs> Perché parlo francese, ma non posso parlare molto bene. Posso farmi capire? Sono stanco. <laughs> <laughs> and papri pupri. <laughs> okay, great. Next one is. Sasha underscore squats, share with us your skincare routine. Well, that's for you for sure. That's your beauty regime. I start with, if you sweat, just wipe it around your face. (laughs) Just spread the sweat around. And then let it dry for days on end. God, that's a really hard question. So in a really basic way, I cleanse, tone and moisturize. I love a serum. Use so a foam cleanser. That is, I use a milk cleanser because I have a really sensitive skin base. Cleanse, tone, moisturize, and I use a serum at night. I always wear sunscreen every day. My mum has drilled that into me. I exfoliate probably three times a week. With a mud. A uh, I use a chemical exfoliant chemical again because like microbeads are too harsh for my skin. Yeah. I do a sheet mask or a clay mask. Okay. Once a week or twice a week. With hyaluronic acid? With hyaluronic acid. Yeah, great. I love hyaluronic acid. I love an acid. I've started using an eye cream because I'm in my 30s. Is that at night, in the morning? That's both, night yeah. and morning. And do I you, think that's about it. Do you make up? Oh, my gosh, makeup. Okay, I'm learning a lot. If anyone who follows me on TikTok knows, I'm actually like I've gone from like one-step makeup <laughs> to learning all about lots of different stages but on the daily an SPF 50 plus moisturizer with just mineral powder I don't use liquid foundation bit of concealer under my eyes mascara that's it bit of bronzer but also not every day no no no, not every day you're pretty good at keeping your skin nice and just makeup free yeah you really don't don't need to I don't wear makeup unless I'm like filming yeah yeah okay so you will use cleanser that is milk. Yeah, like then a milky, toner. Milky cleanser. Yeah. And then a serum. 
Serum and then moisturizer. Moisturizer and then eye cream. And then eye cream. Great. Do you know, on average, Korean women have nine to 12 steps in their skincare range? Yeah, skincare <gasps> is huge in Korea. It's insane. But that's why their skin looks so good. Yeah. I'm trying to build mine out. Like, it used to literally just be one step. Sometimes mine's actually. Oh, You're wow. like five years old. Oi. <laughs> It's true. Don't expose me. (laughs) But makeup, I've learned to do all the steps. I'm learning to do like full on primer, foundation, like all the setting sprays, setting powders, contouring, illuminator, blush. Sometimes at work we get brow powder, brow powder. It's just crazy. We get these like 95 to 99 year old or 100 year olds and they, their skin is amazing. And we always joke where I was like, oh, tell me your skincare routine. You look so young. And they literally are like, Darling, we just use soap and water. And they just have this bar oh of soap gosh. and they just like cheap soap. And they just- so sweet. But oh my God, that's a nightmare. Yeah, but <laughs> their skin is amazing. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Why does this not work for but us? It's like at uni when I used to like go out for a full night out with like so much makeup on my skin, sweating, clogged, so much dirt. And then I just wouldn't cleanse. I'd fall asleep in it. Ew. Ew, yeah. Oh my God, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> not okay shari.jade or jad love you both so much we love you too we love you any recommendations slash info on marathon prep <gasps> also can i follow Andrew on strava yes you can follow me on strava <laughs> oh my god so for marathon prep go back to our nike running mini series that we did before melbourne mara that was awesome. We had three amazing athletes. Oh, yeah. An Olympic marathoner who only started after her two children at 33 and is like the most incredible, amazing legend of a woman. A dietitian turned runner. Then Katrina Bissett, who is was also an Olympian. Oh, my God. Just amazing women who share all their tips on building up to Amara. My personal learnings from it? Yes, I forgot Pers- you actually did one. Yeah, my only life highlight. Sometimes Loz and I and Mel are like, how did the hell do that? did we do that? Because we'll run four kilometres and struggle hardcore. and then Yeah, we're then going we'll- for a light jog after this. It'll yeah. be like 300 metres. Literally. We'll- <laughs> Especially with my lungs like this. But what we learned and the things I personally learned was if you're going to do a marathon – Find a friend to do it with you. It's really if you're like a not a elite runner like myself, and mm. this is like a goal, a bucket list thing that you want to do. It's really hard to train for it by yourself. Mm. It's a lot of time, and unless you love running by yourself, then I guess it's okay. But it does become really, I guess, lonely because you're you're just running so much. Mm. You're running fifty to sixty k a week at some points in the in the training program. Mm. Imagine doing that by yourself, just mm. after work, before work or whatever it could be. So find someone that can do it with you that has a similar schedule where you can run together, mm-hmm. wherever that is, or even if it's just the long runs together or find a group of people. Mm-hmm. We were really lucky that we formed this amazing – we just made up a run club and then people started running with us. And because it was our project and our goal, people were trying to be part of our journey and so they would run at the pace that we would want to, even if it was two minutes slower than they would normally because they loved getting us through – the journey taking the ego away from running is what we learned as well was that you're just gonna have to run a lot slower mm. and that's absolutely okay so we were running like 6 30s when we would normally have run you know fives to five thirties right so running heaps slower taking ample rest taking strength training seriously in within that program and yeah run with the aim of just making the distance rather than making a specific time mm. 
And they're probably my biggest tips. Yeah, finding training partner, run slower than you feel like you need to, take the recovery slow runs properly and take rest days and do the strength training properly and giving yourself enough time to finish it mm. as well. And it's okay to walk, run. People will forget that those distances, they're really long distances, so mm. it's really important to walk, run. And also give yourself enough time. I feel like a lot of people realise like three weeks out, you realise that Run Melbourne's on or Melbourne Marathon or something and you're like, I want to do that. And then your body, it really does need a lot of time to adjust to running if you don't do it all the time. So building up the distances, you need to do it gradually. Don't just go straight into it. And, you you know, you can injure yourself that way or it just hurts and then you don't enjoy it. So give yourself a good lead up, the right shoes, the right stretching, you know. This one's by Natural Beauty Smile. How do you navigate the friendships in a large group dynamic? Oh, that is a really interesting yeah, question because we don't have large groups of we friends. Don't have we don't have any friends. <laughs> we have nothing it's to It's really triggered. To. This, this question is quite triggering. <laughs> How do you manage your large group friendship group of two? Don't have two. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is actually a really good question. And I think social situations and social awkwardness has come back to the forefront of our attention a lot more since all of us had no social (laughs) skills for two years. And then even people who are quite confident in social situations have found it really jarring, I think, to come back to big groups, lots of noise, the overwhelm of like switching between conversations and giving your attention to lots of different people. It's really hard. In a large group situation, I don't know whether you mean like in one room or more generally, if you have a lot of friends and then there's like offshoots, like the small, the small, like smaller a, group chats. In yeah, I feel like perhaps group. that's what it means. I don't know if you, yeah, if you mean in one room, like an, at an event, for example, I find that really hard. Like when I'm in a conversation with someone and I know there are people waiting or other people I need to go and see and then I get anxious in my head and I'm not present with the person I'm with because I'm worried about all the other people. I think the best thing you can do in that situation is be with the person you're with. Everyone else, like give them, you know, you don't have to stay with them the entire time. Be conscious that you need, you might need to split your time between quite a few different people. But while you're with them, everyone else can wait, right? Like they're happy to wait their turn or they wouldn't wait. And if they're, they're not happy and they have to go, they'll go. But don't spend each time that you have with someone in front of you already thinking about the next person because then no one's getting your full attention. So kind of be in the moment that you're in, but make it, you know, like I'll give this person, you know, X amount of time and then I'll say, look, I'm so sorry. There's quite a few other people I'd love to catch up with here. So, um, you know, I'll catch you later or something like that. Like I feel like it is a very awkward situation. But if you have good cues internally and like strategies to kind of practice wrapping up one conversation to move to the next, that's really helpful. I come to that from a very different lens. You're like when there's people waiting to chat to you, I'm like, yeah, me in a group situation and I don't know anyone I just stand in the corner and look sad <laughs> or stand on my phone, or pretend I'm a on a phone conversation. I like pick up phones and I'll be like, yeah, I think, like, oh, I just got to get back to the party where there's no one on the phone. Or just rock up to someone else who also looks like they've come alone. That is a good strategy. Sometimes I do, or I hold on to one person and yeah. then we go be lonely together. Yeah. And then you, you end up making some really nice friends. If you mean more generally, though, I'm trying to think of like the scenario where you have a, a big group of friends, but like, do you mean if some of some of them are closer than others or just managing your attention? I think generally it's hard that we all have like X amount of free time, but you might have friends that like more friends than fit into the amount of catch-ups that you have. Mm. That's, I think, one of the hardest things with having a lot of different friends. And I think the thing that we spoke about the other night was that the older 
you get perhaps this is not for everyone, or but it's happened to both of us is that your circles get smaller. Mm. So you slowly will naturally might become <laughs> I'm in a circle of circle one. Circle of one, yeah. <laughs> You're not uh, even in my circle. It's not you a circle, bitch. it's a line. <laughs> Mine's a dot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just find your people within that. You don't mm. have to be the same level of friendship with everyone in that large group. You could definitely there's you understand there's dynamics in terms of some will be closer to others because they just click more and you just mm. know where you sit in that large group will help with a lot of like mm. understanding and there's also like something to be said for the fact that sometimes you feel like you're in a rhythm with someone and you kind of feel like you need to catch up say every three weeks but when you really think about it there are so many friends well I, I I do I don't know if anyone else is like this but I assume that other people have the situation where sometimes your closest people they're not the people you see the most like I have friends I see like twice a year but I know if I called them in the middle of the night, on a random night, they'd be there if I really needed them. Like Vanessa, we hardly ever see I each other. Vanessa. She's one of my closest friends. But we don't need physical time to feel connected. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just out of habit force, not force catch-ups, but feel overwhelmed trying to fit in catch-ups with everyone when not everyone needs them to maintain a good friendship. Lovely neighborhood, you might remember our incredible guest from episode 115, Blair James, who started out in a town of just 1,000 people, only to grow Bondi Sands to over 50 products in a whopping 30,000 retailers worldwide. Since then, Bondi Sands has launched an incredible everyday skincare range, packed with Australian botanicals that has something for every skin type, even the sensitive ones like mine. I love an Aussie business, as you all know, especially one that serves up that glow all within 100% recycled post-consumer packaging and the range itself has options to cleanse, treat, hydrate, protect and mask with packaging colours and shapes to identify each one and there's a skincare quiz online to help you choose what's right for you. My favourites are the Golden Hour Brightening Vitamin C Serum, Bondi Babe Purifying Clay Mask, especially with all the travel and makeup at work at the moment and most importantly the Sunny Days Hydrating SPF 50 Plus Moisturiser. Sun care is so incredibly important for our skin as we all know. I'll pop the link in the show notes for you to check it out. On the back of friendship, Katie Kilgore underscore. I love Katie. She submits questions every time. Thank you so much, Katie. Said, would love to hear some advice on making adult friends. Love you, ladies. Thank you. Oh, Katie, that's also a really hard one because I think people are in the process of downsizing their circles of anything. So it can be really hard to make new friends as adults. But I also think as an adult, you've dropped a lot of the hangups that you have when you're younger. We're all maybe a little bit clearer on what we want and what our objectives are and not wasting time with people who aren't our people. Perhaps it's even easier to find your people, which means I find making friends as an adult, you go zero to hero a lot quicker because you just don't waste time on like all the, are we friends, aren't we friends? Like no one, even you know, we're just not, you don't bother with the hot and cold courting each other thing. You're just like, oh, you're my person. I've got you. Well, you're not an adult yet, so you can't really answer this question. But I was going I was, I was to come back from a lens of being a young person making adult friends, being a five-year-old making adult yeah, friends. It's but you go, I'm a baby. Yeah, you're that TikTok. I get ID. I'm a baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's harder it seems harder because it's not natural you're not in a classroom you're not automatically thrown into scenarios where you can easily just pair off or just be chatting but I'd think that when you do find people that you connect with 
it can become a really strong relationship. Like a lot of genuinely some of the friends I've met who I'm most connected with I've met as an adult. And I think it's just putting yourself in situations where you're going to come across people who, who think similarly to you or who like similar things or who you connect with over something. And then when you do, don't hold back on that. Like one of my dearest friends, Kath, I adore her. She was a bridesmaid of mine. I was a bridesmaid of hers. We were introduced through one of our mutual best friends and we had not known each other. At the time we asked each other to be bridesmaids, we did it at the same breakfast. We'd only really known each other and been hanging out for like a year. And that was weird for us. And we both didn't ask each other for so long. We asked the middle friend, Eb, is it weird to come onto her that fast? Like we were so hesitant because it, you know, you get awkward about being too into someone too but quickly. But it's like, so, like part of the weirdness is you feeling like other people might think that you've yeah, come exactly. in too early. Not because you've Or each other. Too. I was worried that she would think I was coming on too hard. And then she was like, I was going to ask you the same question. So I'm, we proposed on the same day. I'm like shamelessly in love with my friends. So I'm like yeah. the most obsessive. Like Loz was like, you're whipped for me. But she's one of it's your like, newest friends as well, which just like, goes to show. I'm not whipped for you, <laughs> but I would drive to Mount Massive for you many times as you need me to. I just think either if you mean how do I seek out new friends if you're not finding them as an adult, definitely pick out the things that are your strongest interests, passions or values and then try and put yourself in circles that reflect that or go like through friends, like maybe activities or meetings or events that you might say no to, perhaps say yes and go with, you know, come to a pin on Picasso or something like that where you're seeking that out or if you have already found those people but you're not sure how to turn it into a friendship just try just catch up with them like take the initiative ask if this person might be interested in going to an event with you or I don't know just call someone and ask them for brunch like what's the worst they can say no work I've found so many adult friends in they make me feel like a teenager because I was like why I'm so not adult but work gives you so much and I don't know what you do for work or if you are working but working in an office, mm. if you're working from home, going back to the office might be a good idea to make um, adult friends. Call us. We're yeah. also available as a friend for hire. <laughs> we can be rent-a-crowd. Harry's party hires. <laughs> um, hold on. I think I wrote something about this in my diary. <gasps> Your diary. Okay, I'm in the shortest snippet, okay? It's cute. Saturday, April 2nd, 2022. Oh, my God, recent. My people, yeah. We are the sum of the people around us. I think the saying goes, we are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with, but I don't fully agree with that. It's strictly five people. Nor do you have to be around them the most in terms of volume of time for them to be included in your said sum. I tend to measure the strength of friendships by the level of depth of conversations we can have, by how at home I feel with them, or by how far I'm willing to travel for them, by how much they know about me and how much I'm willing to share by how effortless it is for me to be with them and by if I feel like I can rock up to their home uninvited and confidently know that, one, they would be excited to see me and, two, I could walk straight in without feeling burdensome and make myself at home. It sounds odd, these specific scenarios, but I reckon a few would have similar feelings and reflections with friendships. I've never let myself be bound by societal norms. I've never let age, race, gender, status, distance, social history, dictate my friendships or be a barrier to them. Human connection should just be that, 
an intangible, wonderful, soul-filling and happy connection between two people. A lot of my friends are older than me, some of my own age, some were my high school teachers, some are and were my boss, some I've met twice, some live overseas and some have done illegal things, some have a family with kids, none of this matters to me, not even a little bit. I love my people because they love me, because they better me, they help me grow, they make me belly laugh, they care, listen and give advice. They love and accept my weird and they are my people. So, I was because I was like, I have a lot of adult friends. And I've grown up always being coming friends with people older than myself. Mm. Some of my best mates are my age. But I've always had this weird affinity to people that are older than me. Perhaps I just matured faster. But I also... <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. <You> did. <laughs> what a joke. Um, but I've always felt that sometimes we limit ourselves and who we can be friends with based on what people, other people might think. Oh, totally. Like I never think about age and you know this. Mm. I never think about where they've come from, what status, if nothing else matters other than how I feel towards you and how Mm. supported I feel back and whatever it is, all those things I just listed. Because I think sometimes if we think too hard or too much about who we need to be friends with or want to be friends with, it doesn't come as naturally. Mm. So I think just let yourself become friends with whoever they are. They could be the person next door. They could be the 70-year-old down the street. Like it doesn't matter. And I think if you can surrender to just friendship, and just let it be, then it's much nicer than worrying about what other people might think about the friendships that you have. Totally. And you'll probably be able to make a lot more. Another segue also, before we do some quick fire questions to end, is speaking of age, that just reminded me, one of the Yeighborhood Watch items that I wanted to mention weeks ago, and I forgot to, well, I didn't obviously have a voice to be able to do, is that I think age often leads people, and you will have felt this often being the youngest in the room, is that people underestimate youth and you're really passionate about this. They, people always underestimate the capacity of young people because they're inexperienced or because, I don't know, it's it's sometimes hard walking into the, a room against your age, if that makes sense. Usually. To be taken seriously, to, to have your ideas taken seriously. And one of the most amazing things that I've had the privilege of being involved in is a program by Spill the Beans called – Pitch Fest, which is a pitching competition designed for kids and not just young entrepreneurs like in their 20s, but like school age children. So they get the chance to pitch their business ideas to like the former CEO of Netflix or to like local business owners or like the person who I did my episode with was Colleen Callender, who's been on the show, who's the former CEO of Sports Girl, like people who they might not otherwise ever be able to be in a room with or definitely not at that age but who already have amazing entrepreneurial ideas and the idea has grown so big there's a huge partnership coming out with village cinemas Helen, the founder is amazing and i got to sit down with her to get her to explain a little bit more about it so i'm just going to throw to that quickly and then we'll come back helen thank you so much for joining us for this dose of yays of our lives thank you for having me it's such a pleasure being here It is so lovely to see you again. I would love to hear from the founder herself in your own words, just so that the neighbourhood can appreciate kind of what the journey is and and how you've got here. Can you first explain to us what is Pitch Fest? 
Yes, I can. So Pitchfest is one of our programs. It's an online production and it is an opportunity for young people up to the age of 18 to pitch their charity and business ideas to leading entrepreneurs and business people from around the world. What we do is we have young people come on and pitch their ideas and then the panellists, the entrepreneurs and business people then give great advice back to the kids about their ideas and then help them to execute on those ideas. And then we do educational workshops in schools in relation to the production of that. So uh, the workshops are really ideation workshops around bringing an idea to life. And uh, and that's the show. And we've had some incredible people on the show, including yourself, Sarah. So <laughs> very excited to talk about that. Oh, it was just an absolute pleasure and so, so cool to see that somebody out there has seen the great potential in targeting people at a younger stage of their life. I mean, often most of us don't even know what entrepreneurship is or what that term means because we tend to only sort of see the conventional pathways when we're younger. But the whole idea of CZA is that no pathway is better or worse than the other. In fact, the more options you can see for yourself, the more likely you are to stumble into something that is eventually your yay. So what made you target you know, people under 18, it's quite atypical in the space of entrepreneurship. Why did you think it was important and how did you kind of fall into that that area? Well, you've touched on a good point there because I did actually fall into it, as in I actually started out my journey a couple of years ago. I was working at Deloitte um, in a strategic role and quit my job (laughs) at the beginning of COVID, would you believe, of all things. But my aim really was to set up a platform for young people to have a voice and for young people to use their voice in a variety of ways to inspire others and to tell their stories, their inspirational stories and share their ideas. And it originally started as a TED Talks for Kids by Kids idea. And I literally booked out the Melbourne Convention Centre for 600 people, started selling tickets, had these great kids booked in to talk, and then COVID happened. (gasps) So it kind of, Pitchfest was a little bit of a, I guess, a fortuitous really because we quickly pivoted to an online platform and that's how Pitchfest came about. So originally we we streamed our first event which went terribly and (laughs) it was was the beginning of COVID and no one knew what Zoom meant and no one knew what what, you know streaming was was all about, how to do it properly and um, anyway it was a big learning experience and and eventually the streaming side of things turned into a pre-recording opportunity and that pre-recording opportunity was where we had the entrepreneurs come on and and do things pre-recorded to produce the show. So since the beginning of Pitchfest, we've had incredible people like the co-founder of, of Netflix on. We've had a shark from Shark Tank USA on, Matt Higgins. The list is, is incredible. I don't want to go on for a long time, but there have been lots of influential and exciting entrepreneurs come on the the show. Well, I think aside from what you've actually created, which is just this incredible hub for young people where they, you know, previously didn't necessarily have anywhere to take their ideas because it's, I think youth is sometimes, you know, can lead to you being underestimated. So it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. But even in your own story, I think that's amazing to remind people that in two short years, I thought 
that Pitchfest had been going for such a long time when you first approached me because it seemed like such a solid idea. It was so streamlined. And the fact that you'd come from an original event that you thought went terribly to now having it together to attract guests the likes of, you know, Mark Randolph, like that is such a reassuring and inspiring achievement because I think when you set out to maybe begin, you don't ever think people like that would say yes. You don't think that you could make something that could handle a guest like that, but you've done that. And that's, I mean, how does it feel? It's so rewarding. And what's so rewarding about it is that these incredible people from around the world volunteer their time for the young people, knowing that they're going to give back. And they're all at a stage in their lives where they've created something for themselves and now it's time to give back. And I often ask that question when the guests come on the show is, what made you volunteer your time, give up your time, your busy time in in your day to join these kids? And nine times out of ten, it's all because they just want to give back. Mm-hmm. And that's really the, the most rewarding part is that people get involved because they can see the need. And also so often these entrepreneurs say, I wish I had this when I was young. I hear that all the time that you know, we never had this growing up. And and often, you know, to your point earlier, we grew up, well, I certainly grew up with very limited career options. It was either you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you know, you, you go to university and there are no other options. You know, we probably had a limited five options. And now, you know, the world is your oyster in terms of how fast we're moving with technology. And there's there's so much opportunity out there for young kids. And that's what Pitchfest is all about. It's actually about creating opportunities for yourself and bringing that education to the kids in creating those workshops around bringing an idea to life. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very rewarding. Oh, so exciting. And I think it, it reminds me of that thing, I, a quote that I refer back to all the time is that if you don't ask, it's a no. And that applies for you, you know, just asking speakers because there's a very high chance and a chance that might surprise you that they will say yes, because there's a reason for them to do it. But also to teach young entrepreneurs that attitude as well, that even if it feels like all odds are against you, what are you going to lose by just pitching like what will you lose by asking because either it's a hundred percent chance of a no at least if you ask there's you know 50 percent chance of a yes so you might as well just see how it goes absolutely that's what I tell my kids all the time and it's so funny that you say that I literally just got goosebumps because I don't know how many times I've said you know I've, I've reached out to people and I have this little folder in my emails that it's called help emails and I would send email after email after email probably 10 emails a day reaching out to people from around the world saying come on pitch fest and the amount of times I've been rejected is ridiculous but every no that you get you know that you're getting closer to a yes and mm. and after Mark Randolph came on the show in fact after he responded to my email and said yes I'll come on the show I just wanted to show my partner when we went out for coffee I said this is how how easy it is to get a no and feel comfortable with it so we went out for coffee and I said to the barista can I please have a 10% discount on that and he said no <laughs> And I just said to my partner, not not many people would actually ask that question, but I just wanted to show him how how easy it is to get a no and and be comfortable with that. And that's really important in entrepreneurship. Yeah. That rejection doesn't mean no, it just means you're getting closer to a yes. 
Absolutely. That's such a good one because you're right. Like you do have to get used to no, not meaning, oh, well, this is a bad idea or it's never going to work. It just means it's not going to work with that particular person. But it also means, I mean, keep trying because you only need to get one big yes to then be able to sort of use that as proof of concept to say, oh, well, the CEO, you know, one of the founders of Netflix has come on, which then helps generate, like there's a snowball effect once you start getting yeses. You just have to hang in there until you get it. Yeah. Yeah, and I know absolutely. that the idea for you has really snowballed from, you know, something that you kind of started as one idea, pivoted to the next idea, then grew some momentum and has now, you know, led to this app and, and a yes. big competition that's coming up next year. So how has it evolved in the last, you know, year or so? Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's now, this year, this competition. So on the back of Pitchfest, and putting that out there into the world, Village Cinemas reached out to me and I was not expecting this at all. And Village said, we love what you're doing with Pitchfest and all the incredible guests that you've had on the show and we'd like to somehow um, partner with you and to help bring that to our platform as well. So we have created in partnership with Village Cinemas a fabulous National Schools Pitchfest competition where schools get to compete or students from schools get to compete in this competition, pitching their ideas in relation to challenges that are set by companies, but we get to do it in the cinemas. So we have these wonderful ideation pitch fest workshops in the cinemas, offering that to, to schools around Australia for all of 2022. <gasps> and, and Village are providing that platform for us. So it's incredible. It's such a great partnership. Oh my gosh, congratulations. And that they came to you as well. (laughs) I know, I know. That was super exciting. Yeah. And then on the back of that, um, and this is entrepreneurship in general, it just, you're constantly pivoting, constantly bringing new ideas and it's the shiny new toy in entrepreneurship. (laughs) It's it's a terrible, terrible case to be in. So I have developed an app which is called Solve It and that's X-O-L-V-I-T as in I want to solve it. I'd love to have that tagline. I like to solve it, solve it. But <laughs> make it <laughs> I know that might be part of the competition. Oh, Anyways, good one. <laughs> yeah, come up with a, maybe a TikTok, solve it, solve it. <laughs> but it's a problem-solving platform. So this is for young people to solve real-world problems. So companies go on the app and they set challenges for young people to solve. And then the young people, it's up to the age of 23, pitch their one-minute video solutions to solve that specific problem. So, for example, we already have companies on the app and I can proudly say that we have the Tech Council of Australia on the app. We have Microsoft on the app already, (gasps) uh, which is huge. I know it's super exciting for these young people who are going to be solving these problems. But just as an example, the Tech Council of Australia have set a challenge for young people to solve in relation to the tech talent crisis right now. So they believe that we are going to need uh, 1 million jobs in the tech industry by 2025. And Oh, my gosh. I know, and there are not enough tech people in the industry right now. So their challenge for the young people is how do we attract school leavers to the tech industry. As part of that challenge, we're going to have, you know, kids through the the schools and also um, on the app trying to solve that challenge. And the idea is that these companies 
companies then give away prizes as part of the competition for them to solve these real world problems. So oh it's it's gosh. super exciting. And yeah, it's coming to the App Store in a couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for Zolvich. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. what a journey. Such a journey. Such a journey. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's been, oh, how wonderful. It's been amazing. And I'm yeah, sure this is just yeah. the very beginnings. <laughs> We're only two years in, so yes, it is the very beginning of it all. Just to have companies even wanting to really give back to the youth is really important. And and we really need the youthful perspectives right now. Yes. And, you know, entrepreneurship is going to be such an important part of our future. And it's just, it is, it's like the way it I don't want to quote it's the future. Um, it's, the, it's the way of the future. I know it's such, it's such a stereotypical thing to say, but it is totally the way of the future. So yeah, yeah, totally. Well, how can the neighborhood get involved? Of course, our full episode is live. I was very, very lucky to join Colin Callender, the former CEO of Sports Girl, and we did an episode together and heard from two incredible young women, Maddie and Celine. And I'll pop the links to that full episode in the show notes so you guys can have a listen. How can, you know, neighborhood members who are listening get involved either through their children or through their businesses? Like how can they get in touch with you and kind of be part of it? Well, the best way is probably either the website, jump on Spill the Beans, which is www.spillthebeans.events or Instagram, which is at spillthebeans.events. And we post everything on Instagram in terms of the competition and Solve It will be on there soon as well. So that's probably the best way to to learn more about Pitchfest and the competition. In fact, the competition, if the kids want to jump on and the parents listening want to find out more about the competition, it's www.pitch-fest.com. <laughs> And it'll be in the cinemas as well. So keep an eye out across the big screens because oh we'll be advertising gosh. across yeah, all the village cinemas as well. So keep an eye out for it there. Oh, Helen, congratulations. You're doing such wonderful things for the leaders of tomorrow and Thanks, helping Sarah. more people probably than you know to see CEA. So thank you so much for joining and I hope everyone can can get on board. Oh, I appreciate your time and it's it's platforms like yours that help us to raise awareness for these incredible things that we're doing in the world. So well done to you for having me on and thanks for spreading the good news. How cool was that, Ben? Yeah, I am very passionate about realising the strength and the abilities of and potential of young people. So I'm so happy that it's becoming a thing. People are getting more opportunities to be able to be and be clever and be big thinkers and dreamers. I think sometimes young people feel limited by that because society doesn't allow them to be dreamers mm. and think big and think really creatively. Mm. So, yeah, excited. Very, very cool. It's so exciting. I'll pop the link to our episode and other resources in the show notes. And if any young entrepreneurs are out there listening, please consider pitching your idea to Pitchfest because it's just such an amazing initiative. And Helen, thank you so much for joining us. To finish up, quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. From okay. <laughs> Amanda Cho, question. Is it me or is there a sweatier armpit left or right? Oh, Amanda, I love you so much. Can, can I please see which Amanda that is? Amanda Choi. 
Oh my God, Amanda, it's my friend Amanda. <laughs> I love you so much. Mine are equi sweaty. I think my right gets a bit sweatier. Really? Yeah. I'm equi sweaty, yeah. That's the official technical yeah. term. <laughs> Can you confirm as a medical professional? Uh, just let me. Yep, that's right. Yep. Equi sweaty. Great, amazing. How... Amanda, you weirdo. This is not a question, you. but just funny. The nourishing midwife. Who I love? love the nourishing midwife. I wouldn't know where to start with you two. No, nah, who would? Who would? I feel like we haven't really got. I thought people would go a bit more crazy. Favorite ice cream? Like they asked us serious questions. I feel like they could have asked us the like quirkiest, weirdest questions. There was there's um favorite ice cream. I like the armpit one. Favorite ice cream by Sarah Jane Hoff. (laughs) Hazelnut for me. Pistachio or tiramisu. Hazelnut or vanilla bean. Oh, basic. Yeah, I'm a basic bitch. You are. Hi, babe. How are you? How long do you have? Thank (laughs) you. I'm still manly and recovering from my cold, but otherwise in great spirits. And Nick is in Amsterdam. And yes. I'm really proud of him. He's doing amazing things with Bloom Effects over there with the upcycling tulip-based botanical beauty. It's amazing. We need to get – oh, go back to episode – I can't remember the number, but with Kim. Kim Van Haster. She is the amazing founder of Bloom Effects and her story of going from – corporate, you know, C-suite, big beauty boss in New York to meeting a Dutch tulip farmer, falling in love on mat leave, having a little beautiful little tulip baby and then she calls them tulips, tulips like T-O-O-L-I-P-S and then (laughs) realising that she could get a grant from the Dutch government to look into the antioxidant properties of tulips. It's amazing. Sarah Jean Hoff again. Need to know answers and background to the five famous people on TikTok. Oh, so I did a TikTok video. Oh, I don't even have my phone. I did a TikTok video. Um, you know the sound that was name five famous people you've been in the same room as in. Oh my god! Oh. And one of them's a lie, and you've got to guess which one. Right. Okay. No, but I can't. But- I don't have the TikTok up with me, but okay. I think it was number one was Paris Hilton. So. And that was true. I randomly, when I was at uni, was in Saint-Tropez at the same time as her and we just happened to be in the same nightclubs as her every night. And she bought, like, every time, bought the entire room a bottle of Cristal each. It was insane. And I was, like, literally the poorest uni student, like, drinking this. It was amazing. Number two was... I think it was Richard Branson and that was obviously the incredible experience on Necker Island where he threw me a bachelorette party. It was the great. So did you say I did story time on TikTok for the first time? No. So some really, really lovely guy who I haven't met before, he's a beauty founder, he was like commenting on, on one of my funny videos this is not what you should be doing. This is a wasted opportunity to talk about your business, like talk about all the things you've done. So I was like, oh, so I, when I had COVID, I thought I'd have time to record the videos. It was too sick, but I recorded the, the video asking, what do you want to know about in story time? And people ask all these questions. So I started with the adrenal fatigue story and I forgot, like, I know the story. Everyone who's been around the whole time knows the story, but some people don't. So I will do a story time of the Richard Branson story on TikTok but basically got to visit his incredible home on Necker Island and spend a week with him and he threw me a bachelorette party because I was getting married a week later. Oh, number three was Obama and that's the one that was fake. Damn, that would have been cool to be real. I know, it would have been so cool. Oh, the other one was Miley Cyrus. So that story, I think everyone's heard that story. We um, spent New Year's with her one year randomly when 
that was the Hemsworth's Christmas party. <laughs> so random, the rooms you can end up in. Oh, my God. Because you were name dropping. Oh, one time I got to hang out with Spoonful of Sarah and Nikki Boy at New Year's. Don't ask me how I got no, there. It I just was amazing. Actually, I think I want to make a video about the fact that, you know, a lot of people think if you're not born knowing people, you know, but you can't ever network your way into certain circles. And obviously it involves a lot of luck and introductions. But when I left law, I didn't know anybody, like a single person. My All my contacts were in a different industry. So I think definitely you can build a network that you never, ever anticipated that you could. Britney Spears was the last one, Bim. Oh, yeah. And was in the same room as Britney Spears at her concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, in that case, yeah, I could have said anyone. Um, but I, technically, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it was true. Christina Prestepino, how Ange manages to look so beautiful all the time. Seriously, make me laugh. You know, you think I'd be Do making you up this question, beauty channel? but <laughs> the beauty is you can't. It's au natural. I was going to say it's au natural. It's genuine. genuine. So I can't really ex- explain how and why. It's because you're wearing my whole wardrobe. I'm wearing your whole wardrobe right now. It's true. And then the last one, there's only one more, but that's for me too. So, Soz, Jesus. how was the Iron Man for Ange? Well, I have to say, I am not an Iron Man. I am rather. I'm, what? It wasn't a triathlon. It was a thlon because oh, I just did one leg of yep. the thlon. A and it was thlon? a it was a half Iron Man also. <laughs> so really I could not call myself an Iron Man, but I did do the bike leg of a half Iron Man in part of a team for the Lululemon teams. And that was really fun. And I got to ride my new bike thanks to giant bikes. Oh yeah, I picked up my new bike. Oh yeah. I finally got to pick up my new bike. Not finally, but the fact that Giant gave me a bike has been amazing. So I just love Giant with all my heart. Yeah, and then got to ride that. So it was really, really fun. The The conditions were so perfect. I rode, I thought I'd probably ride three and a half hours if I pushed it because I hadn't mm-hmm. been riding for ages or properly riding because I had my bike stolen. And also I was really, that was the time where I was really exhausted. Remember, I just couldn't function. This oh, is the yeah, whole yeah, iron yeah. thing. Yeah, iron deficient. And so I was like, oh, I'd, me holding 25K for 90K, 90 kilometers will be good enough. And then I smashed it in under three hours. I got put in the penalty box for five minutes. Oh, my God. Annoying. You had to stand in the penalty oh, box. That was so embarrassing. Funny. But otherwise, yeah, half Iron Man. I think one day it could be a life goal or it may just be a really, really long, far-fetched kind of goal. But it's really awesome. Do you actually awesome. want to do an Iron Man? I don't think I could ever do. I mean, I an iron person. I don't think I could ever do a full Iron Man. I don't think I have it in me. But I think a half I Iron Man would be could. fun. Bim, it's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. It's like a three k plus swim, and then a hundred eighty k bike ride. The and ride then, would be fine for you. And then a marathon. It's the run. Yeah, it's a run. Yeah. Oh my god, it's a marathon at the end yes. of all that. That's just disgusting. And a marathon already. <laughs> I was like, I could never do it again. Anyway. <laughs> Those are the main questions that we picked out. This has been a really long one, so we're definitely going to split this into a, <laughs> into a two-parter. There's been a lot of nuggets. There's been the nominations for the bike thing, Pino and Picasso, Pitchfest. There's been just so many things, so please just send us all the things. I can't even remember what we've said. We'll put it up on socials anyway. And I promise to- that – well, I can't promise, but I hope I sound better by the next time I'm on this. I'm so <laughs> sorry <laughs> for all my coughing and stuff. But thank you guys so much for listening. Now that I'm feeling like a human again, I feel like we have a lot of fun things coming up for the neighborhood. Now Absolutely. we're getting a bit more organized. Yep. So stay tuned because really big things are coming, so it will be fun. And also please do send in your nominations because – 
Like if we actually turn them into episodes, Alison's was such an amazing episode. We actually have really fun things to like maybe give away or involve you in if you actually submit the stories. So please do it because someone's got to get it. So yeah, love you guys all. I hope you're having an amazing week and a seizing your yay. Fun. Oh my God, we made it the whole I know, I thought about it. That's why I had to say it.